Ok. Seattle wants to just say thank you today to the people who made this retreat possible, the staff of this retreat, and the yogis for being here and doing their best. After every retreat, he says something, reminds us. He says, when we go home, we have to change our idea um, from, you know, I'm going to practice on retreat to I'm going to practice at home. If you think the retreat is over, it will be quite difficult to start trying to practice again. So, although a retreat might end, but um, the effort to be aware must never end. So, this is the end of the retreat, but it is the beginning of practicing at home. So if we think of it as a new beginning, he says, then we have a purpose, we have a plan. We are going to keep being mindful. And when we go home, we have to renew this um, this thought every day. Every day you wake up, think about how you want to spend the day. Um, I want to be mindful today. I will try to be mindful today. I will try in this, this, and this way. So, so when he speaks to yogis, you know, he often hears about yogis who think they'll try to be, try to meditate at some time or in another time. Um, but he really wants us to, to change that thought and make it that med- that awareness is something we will try to remember to do all the time. Regardless of whether we are able to or not, it's, it's about having that intention to try to be aware. 
Particularly if we've been practicing for a long time, um, we've had many years. It's been many years since we began our first retreat. Um, Sierra says if we find our progress is slow, it's because of um, you know the fact because of the fact that our awareness hasn't gained much continuity. And, and, as, and as yogis, he knows everybody really wants to try and be aware continuously. But just the thought of doing it all day long, he says he can see that all of us would go like... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And and that is because um, he says we haven't had a taste of what it's like to be continuously aware. And greed is a very um, greed is very <laughs> sneaky, you would say. Tricky. Uh, trick, yeah. He, greed makes us think that it. It would it will not be so nice if we were mindful all the time at home, or we might be missing something. Maybe we won't be able to feel something or um, do things properly. Greed makes us think that way, so we think that mindfulness won't be such a great experience at home. And at home, we will have all our experiences. You know, we will love and we will feel and we will get angry, we will um, get frustrated, we will be joyous, we will celebrate. And he's not saying that we need to stop any of this. But he says, what we can do is just be aware. Just inject the acknowledgement, the consciousness, the knowing that this is, this is what you're going through. This is what you're experiencing. Now you're celebrating. Now you're happy. Now you're sad. Now it's good. Now it's not. Just know. <coughs> Yeah. We often think that mindfulness is something we do 100%. You know, and we think that if we do it 100%, we can't feel any of the other things that we do in life. But he says, um, but we can't do that at home. We can't do this 100% mindfulness that we try to do in the center at home. You won't be able to, first of all, be mindful if you try to do it 100% in every moment. So, but the the um, the nature of vipassana is that it's a learning process. So, at home, we have all our um, home home life experiences, and we 
we want to learn about it. So we have to be open to having the experiences and just having that sense of being um, conscious of it, being aware of it, with some right view. That's all. So live as we have always done at home. Live like you've always done. All of us have our own different lives. And we just do what we usually do. And all we need to add is a sense of, I know me. I, I know I'm doing this. I know I'm feeling this. I know this is what's happening. That's all. And that's the only difference. Before we might be fully into an activity, now you will be fully into it and you will be like, sometimes remember, oh, I'm doing this, you know. So just that. Just, is that does that sound very difficult? <laughs> we walk we walk to the bus stop to go to work or we drive just know know that I'm walking know that you're driving that's enough no need to go into the details but just do it every day remind yourself every day remind yourself every day I don't want to say mindfulness I want to say remindfulness <laughs> and if you keep reminding yourself every day, it'll become a habit. Every day, I think And if that every day becomes a year, a month, a two months, three months, a year, you'll find it's different. There's a different momentum, there's a different feeling to becoming aware of yourself as time goes on. And because all of us have different lives, different circumstances, different challenges, you will find your own optimal way to be aware. It isn't what he says, it's what you find. And that's what he wants you to do. Find your way to make mindfulness, to make awareness work for you. You have to open your own door of mindfulness. And you will find that yourself, so long as you have that intention to want to be mindful every day, your mind will find its way. If you, as you try every day and you succeed some and you don't succeed some, you, you will adjust. You will think, oh, this works and this doesn't work. I'll try this. I'll try that. And you'll find when he was at home, that's what he did. Every day at the end of the day, he would think, um, when, what, when did he find it difficult to be mindful? Who did he find it difficult to be mindful with? Um, why did he find it difficult to be mindful? And then he would plan. So tomorrow if I meet this person, I will try to do this. And tomorrow when I have, I'm in this situation, I will try to do this. When I'm in this place, I will try to do this. 
he plans and then he tries to execute and then he 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 checks again the next day so we need to strategize with mindfulness as well just like with work or at home you know you plan what to cook for the week and stuff like that just like that we need to to strategize our mindfulness we need to think about how we can work with it i'm yani jai belu i'll make it work what shall i do when i'm alone how shall i maintain mindfulness what shall i do when i'm with people how shall i maintain mindfulness with different people how to maintain mindfulness so we have to think about it and it's different in di- in different situations with different people and so on we have to learn how do you maintain the stability of your mind how do you maintain the st- the peacefulness of your mind you wake up in the morning the mind is clear And then you think maybe I'll sit and you still feel clear and then you need to get up and start moving and doing this how do you keep that with you Life I'm a beauty learning that Because life never life doesn't end with the sitting life is keeps coming at you You need to You're still peaceful now how do you take this peace with you into life as it comes If we know how to be peaceful, then we will learn how to carry that peace with us in different situations. So we learn different lessons in different situations and with different people how to maintain our peace. And um bale So then he says you will have learned how to use it effectively. He says if you've learned something like here at the center, you know, and then you go home and you can't use it, it means you haven't really learned yet. It, in life we're learning new things every day, right? We learn at work we need to learn new things we learn new technologies at at home um and we learn different skills you know we might take up s- different hobbies and stuff we're always learning at home right he says all of you have any problems at home very little right <laughs> <laughs> He says I mean if we have the same problem every day surely we would have found a way to deal with it right right <laughs> You see the same persons every day the same people every day the same type of problem with the same people every day Why haven't we found a solution yet Still difficult <laughs> But if we bring awareness into the equation, if we bring awareness into all those situations, and just only to be aware, only to know this is happening, this is how I feel, this is what the mind is thinking, and so on, in all these situations, learning how to have some awareness in all, we will start to see a way 
we will start to find solutions yeah, coming to us. He says, maybe, <laughs> he says, maybe we don't want to solve these problems. Maybe we just want to have them around. It feels safe. <laughs> feels familiar. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, without all these things challenging us every day, maybe life would be boring. <laughs> Too peaceful. <laughs> so, are we not what? Not willing or not able. <laughs> he says, so if we see this person every day, we have the same problem with this person every day, and we start being aware of this every day, and we start becoming aware of our mind every day when we are with this person, that person may never change, but we will start to change. Because just the act, action of bringing awareness into the interaction um, every time triggers the process of learning. And if we come to the ultimate learning where something is really realized deeply, we might find ourselves free. He says, you know when we um, like touch an electrical socket and it gives us a buzz, we don't want to ever touch it again. We touch a hot pot, we know it's fire, you know, fire. We don't ever want to go there again. But we get hurt and we allow or angry and it make it anger makes us gives us pain but we allow ourselves to feel those feelings again and again we allow our hearts to hurt ourselves (laughs) so that awareness that we bring must eventually bring the wisdom the wisdom that understands this is fire this is hot this is painful so that it lets it go Mm. So, um, he himself was a very angry person. He got angry almost all the time, every day. Um, but he says when he began practicing at home, he started asking himself questions just to bring home the the uh, the effect, you know, that he he was experiencing. So when he had, when he was angry, he would ask himself sometimes, "How does it feel? Does it feel pleasant good? Or unpleasant? Is it pleasant, unpleasant?" The mind already know. But asking the question sort of brings it home, makes it makes the mind recognize it better, acknowledge it. Yeah. So although we sort of know. When we direct the mind to it, it sort of um, takes in that, recognizes it just much more clearly every time. And then he asks himself, what is he angry about? What is the mind thinking that it needs to be angry about? Why is it 
having a problem with this now? What, what is the mind's idea that it thinks it should be angry with this? Then he also asked himself, is there any good reason to be angry? Is there any benefit to being angry? He checks all these things at different times, different questions. It doesn't have to be all of them at one time, whatever. So every time he gets angry, he would try and see it from different angles like that. And after he had been um, studying his anger like this for years, his mind slowly came to the conclusion that there was never any good reason to be angry and there was never any good effect from being angry. No matter what the, the situation, the person, the reason, anger was never the best solution ever. ever. No reason to be angry. We only get angry because we can't help it. We can't help getting angry. He says, um, we can't stop ourselves from getting angry, but it's not because it's a good thing to... And when we understand enough, then we'll have less and less need to feel angry about things. When we understand the effects of anger on us and, and we understand why the mind holds on to anger or gets angry, he says, we, we will still get angry. We will still have the urge to, to, to be negative or whatever, but um, we won't hold on to it. We won't be righteous about it. We won't believe that it is the right thing to feel or do or have. <laughs> if we completely didn't have any anger at all, then we'd be kind of three-quarter way enlightened, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> When Sierra was in Boston, uh, one of the, not Boston, Cambridge, sorry, um, one of the yogis asked him, Sierra, do you still get angry? And when you're angry, how do you express your anger? And Seattle says, I do still get angry, but I don't express the anger. Anger expresses itself. He <laughs> 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 says, that's how he understood it. <laughs> he, because he doesn't really identify with the stuff that goes on in the mind very much at all. He, he's been watching anger as something that happens in the mind for very, such a very long time. That's the view he's taken of it for such a very long time. And you know, if we want to have less defilements, eventually, 
the the trick is to actually know the defilements more now. Like the more we know about them, the more familiar we become about them, the more we understand how they work, the more free we become of the defilements. <laughs> Yeah, he says we all have wisdom actually. We all have wisdom. It's it's just waiting. The potential for all our wisdom is just waiting to to um, you know to fully express itself. We we express it partially already. But he says the the rest of our minds is filled with delusion. We have some wisdom and we have all this delusion. And what this delusion does is it makes us suffer. <clears throat> so when wisdom doesn't come in, it doesn't understand, then whatever we experience, and when it's difficult, we, we suffer. And he said, we suffer greatly. We're like rolling on the floor, not laughing. But, um, you know, he says, if we would allow this wisdom to, to grow by, by bringing in awareness, wisdom will have a chance. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to suffer. He says, but just because there's not enough wisdom, we We haven't seen a way out of the suffering yet. Um, we don't have that wisdom yet. But he says, if, if somebody understood they wouldn't let themselves suffer for long. They wouldn't hold their hands in, in the fire. They would take it away. Yeah, so we have to find out why, why are we suffering? Why is our hand still in the fire? And if we understand, we have the choice to take it away. So it is by trying to be aware that we also learn how to become more aware. And we learn how to be more aware in different situations, in different ways, um, and then slowly more and more skillfully and more and more continuously. Yeah, it's only because we've allowed the mind to be okay with, you know, um, our delusion that we've sort of, sort of plotted on all our lives the way we have. There are um, ten paramis, ten good qualities in our minds that can be perfected. And um, they can be perfected simply by allowing these good qualities to exercise themselves over and over again. Um, so practice makes perfect. Um, and although the mind is said to arise and pass away, the mind has a lasting quality, has lasting qualities that it leaves behind. So so long as we um, cultivate good qualities, those are the, the qualities that will keep 
growing into the next, the next, the next minds. And so it is with awareness. In the laws of nature, one of the laws is the law of mind. And the law of mind is that whatever is arises in this mind passes on to the next mind. So if we allow lots of positive qualities to to manifest in our mind, then our succeeding minds will continue to be positive. So we don't need to focus. We just need to allow good qualities of mind to, to, to flower in the mind, to, to be present in the mind, including awareness, which is one of the... Yeah, so there's no need to use a lot of energy because using a lot of energy doesn't make it happen any faster. <laughs> it's just about allowing, you know, to, to, to remember to be as positive as you can and be as mindful as you can. So this is cause and effect, right? Whatever manifests now is more likely to manifest in the future. So um, using this law, this law of cause and effect, he says, then you can see that mindfulness can and will work if we continue to give it attention. He says, so you, you've spent time and money to come here um, and learn. Um, don't let that money go to waste. <laughs> Take home what you have learned. <laughs> Start again. Okay. So far, that's so that's all Sierra wants to say Keep for now. <laughs> Start again. And we have, um, yes. Can I say something? Yeah. Because uh, I have to leave it uh, to the airport. Yes. Uh, and I like to uh, to give a special thanks to uh, Robert. Uh, I'm a member of the sim who. Uh, Yes. Organized retreat with Robert. Uh, he did all the work, and yeah. I think he really did an amazing job. He did. He did. I hear from everybody how how much attention and uh, he gives everybody, and uh, he's giving a real pleasant atmosphere. I think yeah. as an organizer, very good organizer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of hard work. So thank you. To sad, sad, sad. Yeah. Thank you, Sia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does anybody else want a sponsor letter anymore? Sorry, I can't hear you. Yes, yes. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.